These days, it seems like America is constantly in some kind of financial crisis or another. Turn on the news, you'll see a headline about how bad the economy is right now. Gas prices going up, healthcare getting more and more unaffordable, and purchasing a home seems nearly impossible in some parts of the country. But what do all these issues we're facing lead us back to? Capitalism. In our discussion tonight, we're diving deep into the origins of capitalism in America. Let's discuss. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Keiko Talks. Tonight, we are discussing the ever-present, the ever, um, I don't know what you call it, omniscient, is that the word? Capitalism, right? So, um, we all know what capitalism is. Yes, daunting, that's a good word. Capitalism. We've all heard of capitalism, and we all reference it all the time, saying like, capitalism this or like f capitalism kind of thing i know i know at least i do <laughs> all the time but um <laughs> yeah but to, but we wanted to really get into a good solid discussion on what capitalism actually is and how capitalism even came about in the nation that we live in today right because um we kind of take it for granted that capitalism wasn't always here that we didn't always use this as the major economic system that we have now and, you know, we, we critique it all the time, but do we actually know kind of how it how it began and how it's um, affected, seeped into like our everyday lives and our everyday, you know, things we practice every day. So the um, next two episodes, we'll be talking about capitalism first, the origins of capitalism. And then the next episode, we'll be discussing late stage capitalism, which is more what um, we are all used to now, because that's sort of the stage that we're in currently. Um, but yeah, to kick it off, we want to obviously start with some definitions. So we all are just on the same page about what capitalism actually is, what some of these economic terms actually are. So we know as we continue our discussing what, discussion, what we're talking about. So you want to give us a definition of capitalism, Caitlin? Yeah. So, um, capitalism, we're going to give you like the technical definition from, um, Bestopedia. Yeah, from Investopedia. And then we'll kind of give you like a simplified version, kind of in our own experience, what capitalism is. Okay. So Mm -hmm. um, capitalism is often thought of as an economic system in which private actors own and control property in according with their interests and demand and supply freely set prices and markets in a way that can serve the best interests of society. The essential future of capitalism is the motive to make a profit. So yeah. essentially, capitalism um, is a way to to make money. That that's mm-hmm. what it is. Whoever the initial um, said like owner or the um, what whoever owns this entity, this item, this land, whatever it is, is making some sort of profit for them to then get rich, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The bigger picture is financial wealth, financial abundance. Um, in, in masses. So uh, mm-hmm. America is built off of this notion of everybody has the ability to get rich and be wealthy, right? And make a profit. Um, make a profit. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing, a big term that you got to, that separates capitalism from other forms of uh, economy, namely like communism or socialism, is its private ownership. So individuals mm-hmm. own the property and means of production versus yeah. state owned or community owned or um, or government owned, which is more like a socialist or communist type uh, 
form of economic, you know, activity, right? So mm-hmm. people, when we say privately owned, that means like you can have things like um, Google or uh, or like LinkedIn that an individual owns that or mm-hmm. a collective of individuals own that, not mm-hmm. the government, right? Yeah, exactly. Although yeah. our U.S. government does make laws, does make rules of like regulating how business runs, which is also- They don't own it. They don't necessarily own it, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So the individual stands to make a profit for him or herself. Exactly. Versus, um, you know, something like communism or socialism where it's, it's supposed to be about the community good. It's about the mm-hmm. the profit or the means of production goes solely to benefit the community or everyone. Whatever. Right. Yeah. I think a good example, too, is um, like the healthcare system. So mm-hmm. the healthcare system is, you know, uh, also participates in capitalism. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of healthcare systems are profiting from providing healthcare to an individual, hence why you may have, you know, prices of healthcare going up. So, um, you know, the price of Tylenol mm-hmm. in the hospital versus in the store may be like a $20 increase because the hospital is able to profit off of insurance companies sending them money for the services that they are providing you. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a little more complex than that and more it goes into it, but that's a simplified version for one. Um, but that that kind of takes people out of being able to afford healthcare and then it price gouges items that are within, you know, the healthcare system and or the hospital system. Um, and a bunch of other things. So that's just, that kind of dives into like some of the problems that you can possibly have with capitalism, but everything is rooted in capitalism in America. Everything, healthcare, cars, um, the air you breathe, everything. Your housing, your food. Mm -hmm. We, you do not, um, we live, we have to pay to live. Yeah. yeah. And somebody's um, making money off of you living. Period. Off of you living so. existing subs- like substantive, yeah. you know, things exactly. and so goods and services you need. So everything mm-hmm. is rooted in capitalism in our society. Seriously. Like you'd be hard pressed to find something that's not just making a profit. <laughs> yeah. Um I always say nothing in life is free. Literally nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Much nothing Even if like, you see zero, you know, on it or whatever, I promise you that that comes at a price. Or at some point, even to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, speaking of that, we want to also go into the history of capitalism because a lot of people don't really know this. I think they just think this showed up and actually um, capitalism has not always been the major economic system for the world. Um, and in some parts of the world, it still isn't the major economic system, but in the Western world, it is the dominating system. Right. So um, here's here's a little brief history of it. So capitalism has been around in different incarnations since the ancient world. So Middle Ages had little pockets of capitalism that flourished, but it wasn't this all-encompassing, major, driving, dominant system that we see now. It was like little, maybe like a township here, you know, used uh, money and and people were like, had owned private businesses and were doing economic um business like that way right mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't so kind of like a like a blacksmith like those were little pockets like he pocket. would, yeah, maybe yeah. a blacksmith may have his own little shop or something where he did that type of work yeah. um, but it wasn't on like a major scale of like um like what we have now like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like a healthcare thing. It wasn't like basic needs were not taken care of through the means of capitalism. Yeah, not necessarily. Basically, yeah, exactly. And I, I doubt they had like service, or maybe they did have service industries like tied to capitalism as well. Probably not as much. It was probably more like not as much, almost like bartering, but with like with money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, I think it was more of a barter system when you know you exchange this for that kind of thing. Which yeah. is very different from capitalism. Capitalism has um, a monetary There's, value you gotta to have it. Yeah, you got to have capital in There's order to do it, aka capitalism. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you got to be able to make a profit. So that's the only way you can do that is through capital versus with bartering. You're mm-hmm. not necessarily making a profit. You're exchanging. It's like an equal. Yeah. A value. Exactly. Kind of. And speaking of that, um, talking about using capital, that's really when um, there was a shift in the um, 18th, the 16th, 17th and 18th centuries, namely with um, England's cloth industry, where they stopped using large amounts of money to invest in things like cathedrals and pyramids and these big things that didn't generate more money. Basically, like they would at the time, they would, like spend money on like building a giant cathedral. Right. But a cathedral doesn't necessarily produce anything other than being you know a place of worship right but so they started taking capital and using it to invest in things with um, productive capacity so producing goods and services so they were using money to invest in like a a machine that would or they maybe not necessarily machine at the time but like invest in the cloth industry and the materials that they needed to produce cloth then they could take that cloth sell the cloth and make money back for a profit. So they started using money differently at that time too, which is the very beginnings of the wheels turning of what, what we see as capitalism now, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, so that was a major shift with just different industries coming up. And then that's probably tied also to technological revolutions. Like, you know, when you're able to get like a cotton gin, you can you mm-hmm. can make so much more um, than just what your hands could pick from the cotton, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. Then, like, mass production. Um, yeah. So not quite that with the cotton gin, but you were able to produce, like Courtney said, way more than you could with just your bare hands, and then yeah. you have mass production. It's like about, at that point, once you start getting mechanized, then you have more mm-hmm. than what you need to sustain yourself and your community. You can make mm-hmm. and others. Yeah. and actually have set aside enough to make solely a profit, to sell to other mm-hmm. people. Exactly. Um, and then people were obviously invested in those businesses because they saw like, hey, we can sell this and make a lot of money coming back and we don't have to necessarily do physically labor to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then during the Protestant Reformation, which is the 1600, there was an emphasis on being frugal and hardworking, right? So excess was condemned. But they still justified capitalism and the inequality of capitalism by pushing this idea that the wealthy somehow worked harder than the poor, which I thought that was an interesting note because that's what we think now, even to mm-hmm. this day, we think, despite the inequalities that obviously come up because of capitalism, somebody gets rich while somebody works, does the labor. Um, they still justified that inequality by being like, well, the rich are just working harder than you, which is still what people... It's like further from the truth. <laughs> which couldn't really be further from the truth, but that's what like people, people still believe that today. Like, that's why they support billionaires. That kind of thing. So, and then in the 18th century England, industry starts to replace commerce. So you start having like, like I was saying, the cotton industry. 
Um, or I'm trying to think what other industries were really big, like textiles. That's mm-hmm. and probably beginnings of like oil too. Um, yeah. So industry is replacing just that barter system, right? Like you actually have people investing in a um, a mill or whatever. You have somebody investing in these these industries, hoping to make a profit back off of it, mass producing goods. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and then that's. Around that time, Adam Smith's classical capitalism, he's kind of considered the father of capitalism. That's when his ideologies became much more widespread because England's profiting off of this. England's doing um, well and making so much more money, right? Then it becomes like America starts doing that and then like Mm -hmm. other European nations start doing it. And then, of course, colonialism spreads that idea like way beyond just England's borders or Americans' borders, right? So, um yeah, and his Adam Smith's works preach that the free market should be left to its own devices to regulate and correct itself. So, like, little government interference, which is debatable, but that's what... Yeah, it can be a little he, problematic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be... Prob- it, obviously, it has shown itself to be problematic, that idea. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, at the time, his his classical, capital, classical capitalism is um, based on the idea that the free market will just correct itself somehow whatever uh-huh. um so yeah capitalism's getting pushed more and more after the french revolution which i believe was the early 1800s um feudalism was totally dead so there was no feudalism anymore everything was moving towards capitalism industry um yeah and then of course by the time you get to the world wars which is the early 1900s um there's that shift towards more laissez-faire economic policies um and there's, um, which laissez-faire is like hands-off, no, government shouldn't be involved. But then obviously, Second World War, you get more like welfare states, which isn't the same as like being on welfare, but like, it's the idea that states should have social systems that take care of their population. So after the 1950s in America, that's that's actually when you do get things like food stamps, um, disability, all that stuff, like things that we, that are kind of like commonplace now didn't really happen Every or they didn't have that stuff in place until after like World War Two. FYI, a little history note for you guys. Um, yeah, and then since the 1970s, there's been a big resurgence of doubt in capitalism as a dominant economic economic system because there's been so many recessions and so many like um, just economic crises that come up as a result of having capitalism be the major economic system in our nation. So, yeah, that's a little rundown on capitalism, just kind of the origins of capitalism. I hope that helped you think more about how um, capitalism came to be, not only in America, but for the world, because it is the dominant economic system Mm -hmm. pretty much in the world, I would say. Oh, for sure. If you are a thriving country, um, you have some level of um, your government structure is somewhat based off of capitalism. Yeah. Except for, was it North Korea? Yeah. South Korea. Although I think the biggest, the nations with like the most power in the world are capitalistic nations, I would say. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I think even the ones, the nations that are not as capitalistic um, tend to not be as powerful. Yeah. At least in the recent era. Even those countries typically have components of capitalism, too. It's really hard to have a society without capitalism, especially if you don't want 
um, if, if you want your society to be able to grow and change between class systems, you know, um, and the only way you could not, I mean, the only way would be if you had a class system and nobody could move, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like peasants and stuff like that from like people way back in the day, like medieval times. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think there are, I think at one point there were like societies that were running that were like in name communists or like were in name more socialist mm-hmm. or whatever. I And that's what like the Soviet Union Russia was before. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure if now they're officially considered capitalistic or not, but they are involved mm-hmm. in like world trade. So they, yeah. they do actually like participate in this capitalistic like idea. Yeah, idea. So I think I would I I would say it's probably safe to say most nations participate in capitalism one way or another, whether their their internal system is actually capitalistic or not. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because mm-hmm. trade is really is is pretty much based in like a capitalistic system. I would imagine. Pretty much at this point in time, it's not. I just give you this for that. It's. What can I make off of this to benefit yeah. me? So yeah. I, I mean, I, I can imagine any society that does not function off of capitalism in some way or another. Like Courtney mm-hmm. said, whether it, they consider themselves capitalistic or not is, you know, that's the government's choice. But um, everybody is been is some way in some form. Somebody's benefiting from capitalism in majority of societies, if not all. Yeah. That's what, that's what I would think. I would I think after you know this episode, I'm gonna look and see which nations are technically considered non-capitalistic, who That'd don't all in capitalism. I would love to know like which nations those are. Yeah, that would be interesting to know actually, because like how are they running? Like how did how do they function? Mm-hmm. Anyways, so um. Me and Courtney, or excuse me, I'm going to go over some key terms that we're going to talk about in order to further discuss um, our capitalism topic today. So um, we're going to discuss, yeah, just important words to know. So economy, um, the economy or economy is an interrelated production, consumption, exchange activities that aid in determining how scarce resources are allocated. The production, consumption, and distribution of goods and services are used to fulfill the needs of those living and operating within the economy, which is also referred to as an economic system. So if you've ever taken an economics class, there you go. That's what that's about. It's just how, like, the world works to produce um, things for the society as a whole. So supply and demand, essentially, um, along with some other complex ideas, but it's pretty heavily based off of supply and demand in relation to people. Yeah. And um, distribution of goods and services. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really, the economy is referring to this whole system basically of like yeah. production, like producing goods and services, consuming mm-hmm as well as distribution of goods. So it's like, it's, it just refers to our economic, our, uh, I, don't, I don't use economy in the definition, but it refers right. to our range <laughs> of activities. That's that's a good word. It's like kind of, it's not just money. It's like, it's much bigger than just I'm buying yeah. a 
<laughs> like whatever, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like the glue to like say you're putting a table together. It's like the glue to the table. Like you need these all these little tiny parts to make the bigger the pick the bigger good, the bigger mm-hmm. the greater good, I guess. Um so that's what the kind of like the economy is like those all those little tiny parts like the people the resources, the product, that end product that you're producing, how are people consuming that product, um, the exchange between those products. Like, it's all the little tiny little things that I guess most people probably don't think about when they're getting the example and a, a product yeah. or and a resource. It's good to know that economy is usually on a macro. When we're referring economy, we're talking about macro, usually like the mm-hmm. big, large scale is like, yeah entire systems not just i went to walmart and bought lotion like for five mm-hmm. that's not just that's yeah. like an exchange of money mm-hmm. for a service mm-hmm. but yeah. that act of you doing that is a part of a much bigger system where thousands and millions of people are buying products from walmart and mm-hmm. and walmart is getting the resources from i don't know XYZ. somebody who makes who makes the lotion or whatever. And so that that bigger exchange between all three parties that's happening behind the scenes, that is the economy. The economy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It can to it. That's a good way to explain it. It's kind of like, I remember taking these classes and like my uh, teacher at the time was trying to find like analogies and stuff like that to make it relatable. But it's mm-hmm. kind of difficult. Like it's a very complex, um, large It's something like, we just system. take for granted too, I think. We just yeah. Because so yeah. normal. And I think it's... Is also there's so many parts that is kind of like complex to understand because um, yeah. there's so many things you have to take, in, especially on the macro scale. There's so many things you have to consider with the economy, or not even consider that that go into the economy. Period. So, yeah, yeah. All right. So next thing um, is capital, a broad term that can be described. That excuse me, that can describe anything that ref- that confers value or benefit to its owner, such as a factory and its machinery, intellectual property like patents, or the financial assets of a business or an individual. Capital is more often associated with cash that is being put to work for productive or investment purposes. Mm-hmm. And that's the root all- of, of capitalism itself. So mm-hmm. when you, if you have to just even break it down smaller for yourself, capital is necessary or is the foundation of capitalism like you need that money to invest in order to or you need you know the um you need yeah I guess usually cash but usually money something to invest in order Mm -hmm. to ideally gain back a profit or yeah in some way or another yep yeah especially in this day and age it's probably just cash (laughs) yeah Um, usually just cash Although I think it's good we we discuss intellectual property because that's something people don't really understand is like mm-hmm. a patent is a um is intellectual property mm-hmm. as well as like um artistic materials or intellectual property. Mm-hmm. These those things are actually have a value or in a um so because it can be exchanged for for cash goods or, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and it's different than capital because it doesn't just have one attached single value. Intellectual property mm-hmm. expands itself for a lot, can expand itself for a lifetime. Like technically um, Apple started out as intellectual property or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So these companies that obviously they have machines and stuff now that they sell, but 
the original design layout plan for their machines is all intellectual property, which they sell over and over and over and over and over and over and over again in different incarnations. Mm-hmm. So yeah. intellectual property is really special in, in this, I think. It's not mm-hmm. like just cash, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's like the Mona Lisa. Like back mm-hmm. when Mona Lisa was made, it wasn't, it didn't hold the same value that it now holds today if you have an original copy, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that it was a form of intellectual yeah. property, just like, you know, Max. No one mm-hmm. else can make a Mac but Mac. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nobody can make Google products but Google and put that that name on it. You know what I mean? So, like, the name is in itself, essentially, yeah, intellectual property. Intellectual property. And that's why people are very protective of things like copyright and mm-hmm. uh, because those things make money. Google, the brand itself, makes money. Just that name, Google. Yep. So, um, intellectual property is always important to... Uh, to include in the, in the conversation about capitalism, but also if you make intellectual property, it's important to retain the rights of that, that side note. For sure. Yes. 100%. Yes. All right. So our last term we're going to talk about is a free market. So that is an economic system based on supply and demand with little or no government control. It is a summary description of all voluntary and exchange exchanges that take place in a giving economic environment. Free markets are characterized by a spontaneous and decentralized order of arrangements through which individuals make economic decisions can also be illegal markets. So like drug trades, that's a free market. Um, the black market, free market. Um, trafficking. There's sex, yeah, sex trafficking. Um, basically your illicit activities. But it's um, a free market because there's a, somebody who's willing to purchase those materials. Yes. Not materials, but like services and goods, you know. Mm-hmm. But those things have little, have majority of the time, um, especially in the United States, though, those ones we just listed, for example, have no government control typically um, or little to no government control. Go ahead. Yeah, I was saying because they are legal, they don't have any government control. Exactly. Um, because the government That's is not, not to say it's not illegal, like the act itself is not illegal. It's just saying the government is not controlling the market of the things that are being sold within that market. Yeah, and they're not regulating it. And it's because they don't recognize it as an official market, yeah. which is actually that's a, a big debate of why um, people say things like um, especially things like sex work and mm-hmm. certain drug trades, like especially weed and stuff. They say that the government should just make these things legal because once they make it legal, they can regulate it, which allows, which creates some sort of safety for the people involved, especially things like sex workers, because then you can put things in place to protect the women and men who who do that kind of work. Versus now when it's illegal, there is no protection for for people like that because the market is not, it is not recognized as a market by the government. Which I think they don't do it just because like, your politicians are the main ones over here doing this crazy crap. Yeah, that, I mean, you're supporting it. Well, then you get into like people see it as immoral somehow or whatever. But it's like it mm-hmm. is a market. Like they wouldn't be able to sell that if there mm-hmm. was nobody buying it. So there is a market for it. Oh, for it's sure, a it's a high market. That's a a huge yeah. money maker. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking at this thing yesterday, and it was saying. The um the sex trade mar- uh industry made like it's like a nine hundred ninety nine billion dollar corporate like industry. 
I believe it. $999 billion industry. And you mean to tell me there should not be any type of regulations on that? Kind of odd to me, for one. If they tapped, I think once they make things like that legal, they can start taxing it, which would actually decrease activity. People wouldn't do it as much. And it also would be it would be more traceable. Like you would keep, you can keep better tabs on it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I think they should just make things, I mean, make things legal within reason. Like, yes, there's some stuff, there's some stuff that's just totally like absurd. But then at that point, then you could criminalize it because you recognize it. And then you could have stiff punishment for if somebody does do something wild and just out of there, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's always the argument for free market uh, or black markets is like, Sometimes it's beneficial to make things legal because, yes, while it might not be the moral choice to do or it might not be the most safe, I guess, most uh, in good taste, that's probably a better Mm -hmm. word, thing to do. It's like once it's regulated by the government, then you can put some barriers in place or you can put some safety precautions in place to keep the people who do participate in those things, keep them safe. Uh Yeah, a free market is basically um, is based on supply and demand, right? And it's like no government controlling it, so little laws. And uh, mm-hmm. actually, more conservative policies do try to push more towards free market. Um, mm-hmm. Even in our country today, they don't want to have as much government control in how the economy works. But the, the issue with that becomes then you do get into things like monopolies or you get into things where people are just doing like totally corrupt things to get a dollar. Yeah. And, there, and there's no no check for them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, which is a good way to lead us into our topic about the connection um, between slavery and capitalism. Yeah. Speaking of you could say that started out as a free market, essentially. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah. And that's, and that's one of the horrors of what a free market can do. A free market can become, do. Yep. Is because... Mm-hmm. You know, one of the major costs you're ever going to have when you you have a business, everybody knows this, is labor. And yep. so when you can totally eradicate labor and just have zero labor costs, which is enslavement, you know, when you're not paying, or if you are paying, you're paying pennies on the dollar, right? Yeah. Less than pennies on a dollar at times. When you're not, when you don't have that cost, you can profit 10 times more. But of course, What's unethical about that is what you're enslaving a human being who has uh-huh. the right to, like, you know, be paid fairly and be treated fairly and properly, all that. So, yeah, the origins of capitals in America go back to the OG institution of slavery. Period, point blank. There really is no, like, <laughs> way of, like around that, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Like, obviously, like we were saying, like, the idea of capitalism came from European nations, so like England, and to be perfectly frank, but um, but again, that idea of like enslavement or owning someone's body is actually kind of like a feudal a feudalistic idea as well. Uh-huh. The idea that you are tied to somebody who owns you, almost like like um, the serfs will be tied to a the land and then tied to the lord who owned the land, right? That's sort of what, that's really what slavery was, only yeah. in a different name. And then there was obviously race tied to it in America. Uh-huh. So, yeah. 
um, we felt like we just couldn't have this conversation about capitalism without discussing slavery because that's so much a part of how capitalism came to be in our nation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the, especially where we we are at currently with capitalism, um, a huge portion of projecting America to where America is, or you could even say some of the individuals in society, uh, in our society, have gotten to the places they've gotten because of something like slavery. Um, slavery, like I said, is essentially like a free market where they were able to get free labor or labor with little to no cost um, with optimal, beyond optimal return, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously led them to huge profits, right? They were able to live lives that they would not have been able to live without the free labor if they were paying mm-hmm. equitable, equitable prices or uh, wages to the slaves. Yes. And even if it weren't um, slaves, like just to, you know, whoever they had tending to their, their plantations, for example. So, yeah, yeah. I would definitely say uh, slavery mimics a lot of the times our, our corporate culture today, um, unfortunately. Obviously, we'll talk about that in our later, in, the, in our next episode, but I do want to mention that for sure. Yeah, I was... I was reading this article in the New York Times because they have the 1619 Project, which is, um, I think it's about just telling stories about, uh, uh, or talking about Black American life and, and all of that, like with the New York Times. So they this is a part of their project. But they were saying that slavery was, um, it was like phenomenal wealth. So there was so much wealth in the Mississippi Valley region during um, before the Civil War, because it had the most millionaires per capita than anywhere else in the United States, because uh-huh. cotton was grown and picked by enslaved people, cotton was also the, one of the uh, nation's most valuable exports, and so the people, I mean, they're really, quite literally millionaires um, of the day, were profiting off of not having to pay. Uh, pay the people working for them not only that but the government almost supported this because the government did not recognize black americans as human beings in the first place so the government co-signed basically using black american labor who were not even citizens using basically non-citizen labor in the country to profit Mm-hmm. So they didn't, I mean, because there was no, I mean, they weren't filling out like W-2s yeah. for every slave. The government wasn't even recognizing them as people at the time. So mm-hmm. they had every, all free reign to basically do whatever they wanted. Right? Which makes me wonder, like, would these individuals that have, that were, you know, like the middle millionaires then, um, and you could say even gener- generationally wealthy now, would they have been successful or millionaires um, had slaves been paid an equitable they living? Certainly would not have had as much profit. I mean, they might have been I'm able sure. to, I'm sure for the day, cotton was still a very, you know, 
valuable export. So I think they still would have mm-hmm. been made money. They might not have been able to line their pockets nearly as much because they would yeah. have had the cost of labor. Mm-hmm. You know, like Caitlin was saying, sure. I'm just thinking like market. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying slavery is the ultimate free market because the government was not regulating the labor. The government was not regulating profits Mm -hmm. beyond maybe taxing them. But they weren't, they weren't going into everybody's, you know, cotton mill and being like, you have to have certain standards of, of practice, you know? For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but sure. what you're saying. I don't remember. It's fine. That's but um, okay. yeah, no, slavery is uh is very complex in that notion because it, it it really is. And while you know, it's also hard for me to call slavery a free market because the government really did support it. You know what I mean? Um, it it well, did, they didn't have. That's the thing. Yeah, it because it, it, it benefited the government though. You know what I mean? So they. They didn't interfere because they were able to make capital out of it, which is, in my opinion, um, there there wasn't any like control over it. But they were definitely not like they definitely weren't like not stopping it. You know what I mean? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because they made it. I mean, they made a profit off of it. And yeah. like, where else were they getting that large supply of inexpensive labor? Yeah. Oh, no, they weren't going to get that anywhere else. <laughs> they, no, they weren't. They were enslaving black people and uh, Native Americans and mm-hmm. like in almost poor white people, too. So, yeah. like, that was the major form of, um, you know, unskilled, low level, unpaid labor. Yep. And really, there's arguments for like what happens now, especially on things like um, like migrant workers People mm-hmm. like that. People make arguments now about that being enslavement as well. Um, yeah. Because, and they do a lot of the same uh, type of work, right? Yeah. Working mm-hmm. in farms and agriculture. So. And yeah. getting paid little to nothing. Little to nothing or getting paid under the table kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, yeah, so that was. I, I just think it's it's interesting because people it's inflammatory for for some people to think that slavery was they don't think about it in terms in economic terms but like the only reason slavery lasted so long is because it was economically beneficial uh-huh. like if it was just about race I don't think it would have lasted that long but they oh, yeah. still make money off of black bodies that's why they kept it yeah. for so long yeah. no I one thousand percent agree with that I think it only became a race thing I think after they saw how beneficial it could be as far as um, a capitalist system can be, they saw that they could then make money from it and make large amounts of money. Then it's like, well, let me throw this on there so that you now feel even lower about yourself and you know you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, then I feel like race became control. an issue. Yeah, another form of control, exactly. And I think that's a lot of, of, of uh, a lot of America's tactics have to do with control and keeping you ignorant to a lot of things, especially when it mm-hmm. comes to um, the ins and outs of um, like economics and capitalism and socialism, different types of governments and whatnot, mm-hmm. because they don't. The only way America has been able to thrive is through capitalism. It's built mm-hmm. on that, right? And anything that gets in the way of that 
is shot down. Mind you, you have these private sectors basically making sure that these things are shot down. That are, I mean, they say they're regulated by the government, but these things are are supplying the government the money that it needs to to kind of exist. So the government's not going to say too much. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's a, a very intertwined system of nonsense, in my personal opinion. Um, unfortunately, rooted in slavery. Yeah. And something I actually learned just as it relates to slavery and capitalism is that um, slaves were not only, um, although the, the slaves did not own their own bodies, they were financial assets to the owner. Mm-hmm. Isn't that ironic? Mm-hmm. Like you don't own your own body, but your body is of value to someone else who owns you. Yeah, that's so, weird. Yeah, it's like slaves. So like slaves could be leveraged for mortgages and stuff. Like I read Thomas Jefferson mortgaged 150 slaves to build his house in Monticello mm-hmm. in Virginia. So like he lent out human black body labor to, I guess, a bank or a lender or somebody who financed his house. Which is in, like, it is interesting. It's like the the irony of it all is like they don't own themselves, but somebody can use them mm-hmm. their body you to real. like they have a, a they're they're saying that you have no value, you have mm-hmm. no intrinsic value, but you have external value to me, yeah. <laughs> which is it's just so ironic and it's like, contradictory. Yeah, it really um, is. So, yeah, but that was really interesting. And then something else I learned, too, is that um, plantations are ran a lot like um, how our offices run now. Right. So you have like you have record keepers, overseers reported to lawyers and um, they mm-hmm. get detailed records of a workers um, maximized like uh, or, or how much a worker produce so they can maximize pro- productivity. So they kept records of all these things. And like that's actually how they know so much about. Um, what slavery was like is because plantation owners kept records of these things. Um, yeah, yeah that's so crazy to think about. yeah, it's crazy to think about because that's in you know, and when we talk about like I'm slave to corporate America, blah blah blah, it's like that stuff is really in slavery. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, like the boss, the supervisor, CEO, supervisor, and then manager or whatever. All of that yeah. is that hierarchy until you get to the bottom low-level guy, is rooted in slavery. Like, yeah. that's how they ran plantation. Mind you, like, in today's time, like, wages, a lot of times, um, so just a little background. Yeah, they're not really equitable, but a little background. Me and Courtney are only 25, so we're kind of, like, not just entering the work field, but, like, I would say into kind of, like, corporate America now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just entering, it's a struggle. Like they're not paying livable wages with the prices it's going not, up, how they're going up, gas prices being the way they are, having to pay student loans back. Like it's it's hard to live um, currently, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. it's you know it really is slave enslavement working in corporate America because you're not getting paid equitable equitable wages. You mm-hmm. are you know slaving eight hours a day. So like you can go do hardly anything else. Um, mm-hmm. On top of all these bills and debts that you owe, you come fresh out of college with a huge behind bill. <laughs> you didn't have to pay back, not even making half of what your student loans are. So mm-hmm. it's very odd. To see those two things compare, but they're so similar. You know, yeah. we think we're so far well, removed, or 
I was going to say, I think we're, sometimes I think that we're so removed from slavery and the idea of enslavement, but it's always right there. Agreed. I think people don't realize that um, that is a foundation to our nation, whatever people want to say, people want to mm-hmm. like screw it on the rug. That is the economic foundation of our nation, that is the social uh, foundation, psychological foundation of our nation. That is that is the foundation of our nation. I think it's really high time that we just accept that, understand it, and work to uh, to improve upon that. You know, yeah. like but you got to address sure. it first. So, I I think we you can't you can't talk about capitalism without talking about slavery because in America that is the ultimate form of uh capitalism and free market economy you know for sure and really the way some people want to push our economy now they want to push it more towards something like a slavery where we're not paying people equitably where we're not doing you know what i mean we're not keeping up with inflation for wages where uh there are no regulations for businesses like people want to push more and more towards something like a slavery like what the institution of slavery was Mm-hmm. That's why when you you know when you go to the south and the minimum wage is seven something seven twenty five an hour, but the average rent is what twelve hundred dollars even in the south. Yeah. So at what point does that just become slave slavery? You know. No, it is. <laughs> it is. <That's, laughs> so, and they only only because of the pandemic, people have recently been like trying to incentivize people to work by paying ten dollars an hour. Yeah. paying $11 an hour or whatever. Like, you know, and even that's not fully a livable wage. So, yeah, there's definitely arguments for where we're at now in relationship to slavery. For sure. You know? It might not be totally racially based now, but it's like a war on poor people or working class people. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. I'm, I'm the number number one fighter in Caitlin's world over here. And um, and then you hear stats about how rich the rich have got richer, the rich have gotten since right. the pandemic. It's the pandemic. I think it was like I want to. I heard somebody say that they profited like two or three hundred times more, just like even more than that, maybe like just out of relationship to the pandemic. Like people were profiting off the pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I was reading this thing too the other day, and it was saying how like over the times the working class, so not like your CEOs or anything, like those who are actually doing the hardcore labor and or um, that like bottom bottom tier kind of work kind of thing, they have had, um, this is over like hundreds of years, but they've had an, an 8% increase as far as wages are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, while your CEOs, business owners, um, those who are at the top of this of this chain right they've had like i think it was like a thirteen thousand. um i think it was like a thirteen thousand percent increase as far as wages are concerned so they are profiting beyond profiting you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they are making profits beyond this beyond what we can fathom let's be honest while the people who are actually working um are only getting have only received an eight percent increase mm-hmm. across the board, and that's you know high wages, low wages, in between wages for your CEO to get a thirteen thousand percent increase. 
That's mind blowing. Mind blowing. So that's, that's, I mean, that statistic alone will show you the money's not coming to the bottom <laughs> at all. Um, at all. Your CEOs and, and those, they benefit while everybody else kind of just suffers. So, and then these jobs have the nerdy to be giving you like a 1% increase. Like, man, that's a, that's 25 cents. I know, right? I remember my job, my job was like, we're giving you a 0.4% increase. It was like a 30 cent raise, right? And like, just to keep up with inflation. <laughs> what? Like, what? That is not even going to... First of all, inflation has doubled, has doubled the amount I would make in a salary. Like, I I recently moved to another state and... um obviously the cost of living, well, the cost of living here and where I lived before were kind of similar or whatever, but other things around me are a little more expensive um, than where I lived previously. And I could not even qualify, think about qualifying with, for an apartment or the apartment that I'm in currently by myself. I would have to make three times the rent. So I would be have to bring in minimum $60,000 by myself, mm-hmm. minimum 60000 just to pay for an apartment. That's my, like, and, but you're not even paying me half of that. Yep. Where am I, where am I going to live? <laughs> With eight so, it, I mean, it's just crazy out here. Yeah. Yep. And mind you, these apartments that they're like selling for, you know, three times like you have to make salary wise three times the amount of the rent um these are not even new apartments these are apartments with freaking lead paint and asbestos growing in them you know what i mean <laughs> like I, i'm you want me to have all of these things but you can't even offer me a, a place that's livable you know what i mean for one and for two that this apartment is not worth that price it's literally based off of you guys profiting and you guys profiting only. Exactly. I'm not profiting now. I'm sick because I got lead poisoning and asbestos poisoning. They're killing us. Seriously. So, I mean, it's just like the things, once you really understand capitalism, it's just like, it's kind of disgusting. Be yeah, because I mean, they're always, people who stand to make a profit are always going to lower every single cost they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And exploit people profit. and use people exploit people to do the way. Yes. That's what that and you know that gets into the pros and cons of capitalism. That's like one of the major cons is like inequality, right? Oh, yeah. like somebody stands to make a lot more money that, than the other person does. The, mm-hmm. the people who own those private entities, private firms, the, the owners of those, they stand to make a lot more than people who work in them or the people who um, people who don't own those firms, right? So yep. the, the big thing with capitalism is ownership. You have to own it. But to own something, you have to have capital in the first place. And to have capital in the first place, that has a lot more to do with uh, uncontrollable factors like your socioeconomic status, your access to opportunity, the Mm -hmm. inequalities that you might have had early in your life to begin with. All of that factors into whether you have capital to own something in the first place. So in a lot of ways, and we'll talk about this in another episode, in a lot of ways, you get stuck in these like classes class system or class structures where it's very hard to move up because you just don't have the capital like yes mm-hmm. ideally you know and people say this like america's a land of opportunity like ideally yes everybody has the capital to make 
you know, make themselves wealthy individuals. The truth is, our society is much more stratified than that and complex yeah. than that. Not everybody has the capital to do that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so beyond just having the capital, because like while you make money, right? But you have to have the extra capital and the extra resource to put that into something else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't not pay for basic needs, such as like typically a place to stay. Um, nowadays, you kind of have to have a car um, mm-hmm. to get to and from work. And you people are driving further distances to even get to and from work. From work. You got to have gas. You got to have um, food to eat and blah, 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 blah. Those things are so high that a lot of people, for example, in the middle class don't have the free capital to then invest into something to get a greater profit in, mm-hmm. or, um, I guess you could say invest in a business to have a greater profit to then have the access, just the access to greater things like exactly. being wealthy. Um, yeah. And like what Caitlin's saying, like, that's why, when we talk about like things like privilege, inherited wealth, mm-hmm. that's one of the cons is usually people who who have money are nine times out of ten who become the millionaires because they had the money, disposable income to yeah. invest to make more money, right? Mm-hmm. Like that root word, capitalism. Capital is important. You have to have that exactly to begin to make money. Yeah. So and especially, if, go ahead. Like um, a good example, of this actually is like our famous uh, rappers and stuff who start making money. Nine times out of ten, they had the rap career where they got a little bit of money, they got something up, and then they started investing in businesses. That's how Jay Z became a millionaire, a billionaire. Mm-hmm. That's how Oprah became a billionaire. They had to yeah. get the capital to even do this stuff in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Same thing with like a lot of your companies. Google, same thing. They weren't always. I don't know if they were rich or anything, but they had this idea. Um, same thing with like the guy um, Jeff Bezos, Amazon. Um, I don't think he came from money. He had to kind of work his way up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I heard that his parents gave him two hundred grand and started. He started Amazon. Hmm, okay, exception. Oh, somebody gave it doesn't count. But so that's a prime example of you know he had to have access to a large sum of money to invest in um, something to get a great return, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard out here for the middle yeah. class. It really is. Yeah, and that's why people. It's one of the cons is because like it's a privilege based system where if you have the privilege in the first place, you can. It's much more easy to make more money. Yeah, to become even to more money. privileged, and it which creates further creates these stratified systems where, like, if you didn't have it to begin with, it's harder. To, it's harder to get out. Yep, it and is. it becomes something like feudalism, too, where yep. it's like you're stuck in the system because you don't have the means to get out. Yes, exactly. Ideally, there are people who break through or whatever, and that's what the great part about um, being American is. Like, you have the, or I'm gonna say American, but capitalism is, you just need the capital, and ideally you'd be able to like gain that at some point in your life. But that's a lot harder than mm-hmm. you're said than done. So I'm saying. Yeah. I was reading this, um, not reading, I was watching this uh this video on capitalism um not too long ago and the guy was saying um that you have a better chance of becoming wealthy in other countries than you do in the in the United States with the concept of capitalism. Um, I forgot the like exact numbers, but like in the United States, you have like a, I think it was like an 8% chance and other countries, you have like a 20 something percent chance of getting rich just because their society, um, 
it's not solely based off of capitalism. There's some mm-hmm. other uh, constructs and stuff that they base their their company or their government on and their society on that can help you um, become more wealthy than in, in America. It's harder to become more wealthy in America than it is any other country, essentially. Yeah. And Which another- I get that. It's just because things are just so expensive. You're priced out. Your free money is not really a thing. It's becoming highly unaffordable. So. Yep. And that brings up the idea of some more cons is like you have um, capitalism also often ignores social issues like pollution, health Mm -hmm. of workers. Because, again, focusing on what's the bottom line, what can we make? What can we, how can we lower our costs as much as possible to make as much profit as possible? Uh-huh. Followed by like, you know, boom and bust cycles. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But, you know, cycles are you doing really great and everything's like, you know, business is booming. Things are great. And then it falls, right? Mm-hmm. You get into recessions and depressions and all that. Uh-huh. And, um, and then it may lead to excessive focus on consumption, meaning people just consume by purchase, like mass consumerism. And consumer-obsessed societies, as well as capitalism, is usually bad for low-skilled workers or workers who aren't, um, who, who don't have the privilege of capital in the first place, because yeah. you're not being paid nearly as much as the people who who own the um, who own the private entities, who own the companies, who own who own things. You know. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, um, and then since we're talking about cons and pros and everything one of the pros of capitalism is entrepreneurship and economic Uh so there's always a tendency to see the economy always growing even over the long term despite recessions and depressions and stuff is like there's always more economic growth or like associated with capitalism Uh Um, as well as innovation efficiency Um, people have the ability to accumulate wealth and it encourages technological process progress that's what they say i don't know if capitalism really encourages things like innovation and efficiency i almost feel like it encourages like copycat culture like oh, oh yeah we, we could sell and exploit you know it's like why um everybody has like a makeup brand now is like they know mm-hmm. it's a big market to sell like makeup to like 14 year olds right yeah. so everybody jumps in on that trend and it's like are they really being innovative or are they really just sticking with what sells yeah. No, I definitely think that it's a bit of both. I think some people, like, for example, Google, that's innovative. Mac, that's innovative, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, things like makeup appealing to a specific audience, because you know that is, like, a, a highly um, targeted audience, that's definitely bandwagon-ish. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, like, the beauty culture, clothing culture, um, those are ve- very just trendy. And so mm-hmm. those are definitely, like, bandwagon types of well not always but a lot of times they are bandwagon types of um industries tech yeah. with technology i think is less bandwaggy just because um you kind of have to come out with the new newest greatest intervention when it comes to technology people want everything that's um the hot new thing in in tech versus in clothes it's just like oh this is trendy so well i think people want hot new thing too in clothes too it's like I mean, I know I stay up on my Instagram. I stay up mm-hmm. on the Instagram girls, right? And like every year, I'm like, I once I see something new on Instagram, I'm like, hold on, like where can I get that, or can I thrift that, or can I do something mm-hmm. to like to get that? Is like I stay up on it, 
and it it's okay. lends me to lends me to want to find some way to get it you know mm-hmm. yeah that's fair yeah, yeah. in different ways yeah yeah for sure for sure like, i mean i do think you get more like new concepts out of technology but that's not to say you can't yeah. do that out of art you know what i mean like you're a lot of your um your high-end fashion like designers and stuff like that they have to come up with new innovative things um mm-hmm. unfortunately for me i'm priced out of that market so i don't really keep track but you know that could be why i, I have that bias opinion because i don't i don't even see that market so yeah that's true i mean i think it shows up in different ways like obviously we when we think about progress we think about like iphones mm-hmm. and- you know, smart cars and all that and like electric vehicles and all that. And that is yeah. one of our progress, but it's also like you can you can look at fashion trends or you can look at art trends and see how things have changed. It's like, why mm-hmm. do we know what the seventies look like versus what the nineties look like? Well, because yeah. somebody there was some level of like innovation or somebody changed something mm-hmm. culturally and started selling it to people. And now we have a look associated with this decade versus that decade. You know? Very true. Very true. So it's like comparing the iPhone 6 to the iPhone, you know, they're about to come out with a 14. So it's like, oh, wow. It's like different times that it pushes, it pushes them to keep up, I guess, quote, keep up, even though they really are just selling the same thing back to us, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, for sure. Not much has changed. (laughs) Yeah, I think there is innovation in our society, but I think it's a, a lot fewer and far between and it's almost like individualistic it's not like the industry itself pushes innovation because the industry is more like how can we exploit and make as much money from this one thing that we know quote Mm -hmm. works you know that's true especially the film industry like people will pass up really great films like really important impactful actually innovative films seriously Mm -hmm. based off of and then go get some like rinky dink, in my opinion, rinky dink like horror film because they're like, it sells, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. They're not trying to really look for innovation. They're looking for what they can exploit to make the most money out of. Yeah, not for sure. Unfortunately, we do live in that type of culture. Everybody just wants to make a dollar, right? And so you have, uh, like for like example, TikTok. Everybody wants to be TikTok famous. Everybody wants to be a YouTuber, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it was quick money. And not only is it quick money, it's actually something more livable. <laughs> you know, th- yeah. that is a little bit more obtainable than working, you know, maybe a nine to five for 15 years to get to a, a decent salary. So, you know, unfortunately, that those types of things makes it make it more obtainable. But, you know, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. That way has its pros and cons. I mean, capitalism is definitely something we can like continue to like talk about like forever. Um, but we do have another episode that we want to, we want to get to on capitalism and, um, yeah. So just keep, keep listening. We got another episode coming for you guys next week. It's on late stage capitalism and we'll get into the nitty gritty of that. That's kind of the contemporary era that we are currently in. Let me just say late stage is a mess. Yes. So yeah yeah so join us in the next one yes thanks for listening to this episode everybody and we can't wait to continue our discussion on capitalism in the next episode on late stage capitalism all right bye guys bye